The following discussion is not necessarily the views of all involved. The goal is to start open and honest discussion in the Christian worldview. Like all things, weigh what you hear with what you know and join us in our pursuit for the truth. Enjoy the podcast. Here's ASMR Bible flipping here. Oh, forgive me. You weren't paying attention. I'm sorry. All sinners do deserve their death. Okay, well, wild thing to say. <laughs> um, okay, I already agree with Josh. We just uh, made the argument from different sides. All right, welcome to Second Rate Saints Podcast. I'm one of your hosts here, Caleb. To my left is... My name is Joshua. To my left is... I'm Joel. And to my left... I'm Colton. And to my left... It's me, Caleb. We've gone full circle. Sadly, as per the norm, Stuart, you're de- you are dearly missed. Um, we will have you on shortly. I hope so. so. We, pr- we pray. We pray. Um, Joel. Yeah. The Second Rate Saints do stuff on the internet. Well, go to secondratesaints.com to see everything that we're doing online. Um, if you'd like to follow our updates and our uh, kind of our news that's going to be coming out soon, um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we've got a lot of interesting stuff in the mix. If you'd like to be part of it financially, go to our uh, Buy Me a Coffee link at buymeacoffee.com slash secondratesaints or find the link on our website. Um, yeah, I think that's everything. Well, to, to your point, like if we... The if fans want to give us money through that, <laughs> yeah, sure. That um, means that the equipment in the mm-hmm. podcast gets better, and the podcast yeah. gets better, right? So if you don't like how this sounds, give us money. <laughs> I okay. <clears throat> that sounds terrible, but I I just think that's a funny thought. Yeah, but yeah. It's been super cool to to hear from people who are uh, interested in the in the future of the podcast. So, Caleb, what have you read? What's your What's your book? What's your poison of the week? What did I bring? What uh, is it written by a heretic? Uh, it yeah. depends how you look at it. Um, <laughs> it depends on who you are. He is. If anyone's Catholic, it would be the Pope. But well, we're all Catholic normally. The small C. We'll Everybody's get into Catholic that. by birth. <laughs> um, so I have read. Sadly, I am almost done. I didn't complete it. In time like for the four episode, pages. But I'm still gonna. Yeah. Um, I'm still going to talk about it because it has been great. And I don't think it's going to change much in those, that short period. Um, Pope John Paul II's Theology of the Body. It's only, it's just under 200 pages. It's very approachable, very simple language. Um, for me, I, I would actually like to read this again immediately after mm. finishing it so that mm. I can write a blog article on our website about it. Um, so far, and I think it'll continue to be this way, I would put it up there with its impact in the way I've thought right now with Mere Christianity, Confessions of St. Augustine. Really? Yeah. The, the two books that I think every Christian should read, if anyone asks me ever for a book recommendation, it has always been Confession of St. Augustine and uh, Mere Christianity by hmm. C.S. Lewis. And more recently now, Pope John Paul II's Theology of the Body. So reason being... Obviously, it's written, not the current Pope, I think it's two Popes back. Um, was this yeah. the one that was deposed? No. I say deposed, step down. 
That was Benedict. That was Benedict. Benedict. Okay. Yeah. So this one uh, was in the 70s. So he's writing it during like the rise of, you know, the um, <clears throat> sexual revolution and all that kind of stuff, mm. right? And so rather than like, I don't know, I picked up books about, you know, the, what is the Christian view of the body? What is the Christian view of marriage? What is the Christian view of, mm. of sex? What is the Christian view of, of all that kind of stuff? And everybody's making heavily cultural contextualized arguments to combat where we're at now, all this kind of stuff. And those are, those are good and have their place. Mm-hmm. What I like about this, about uh, theology of the body, is he presents with elegant simplicity, yet extreme depth. The, uh, I, I, I think, my belief is, the, the biblical articulation. Of, let's just take a step back. Let's go right back to the biblical text. Just how should we be thinking about these things? How should femininity and masculinity, how should we articulate those things in correlation to one another in marriage? Mm. And how does that play into the, uh, the concept of, of how marriage plays out in the procreation of children? Why is marriage the, ter- the image used between uh, God and the Israelites in the many latter parts of the Old Testament? Why is that the image that's used for um, God and his church, mm. right, in the New um, and so rather than just going out there swinging haymakers on, hey, the culture's wrong here, culture's wrong here, the sin is why it does And it's building up, I think, it, it, it builds up the beautiful structure of, hey, this is the way, this is how things ought to be. This is the healthy way to look at this stuff. And then every now and then he kind of just turns and goes, and you can obviously see how culture, when he's writing in the 70s, is fundamentally rejecting this. And that's horribly sad. And then he goes back to trying to further flesh out the beautiful biblical articulation of femininity, masculinity, mm. how that plays out in marriage, how children play into that, how the image of God plays into those things. It's, and it's under 200 pages in simple English. It's nice. awesome. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Was, so I don't know much about Pope Sean Paul, but was he married? No. Okay. No. Interesting. So that's um, another. He was one of the first. He was one of the first non-Latin popes in like hundreds of years, if my memory's right. Mm. Um, non-Italian, I guess I should say. Yeah. Um, yeah, coming out of right out of World War Two, that kind of stuff. Um, it's it's worth reading. To to me, it's that market in the Christian book sphere is super saturated and there's so many voices and it's, it's like a breath of fresh air. Okay. Um, Caleb Mm -hmm. is like, I'm not Roman Catholic. No. If I read it, what am I going to get out of it? Am I going to get what it's intended or am I going to reject some parts of it because I don't think you're going to reject parts of it because of Catholicism. Mm. I think you'll just disagree on interpretation of certain things. All right. Yeah, that's fair. Very little. Um, at the end there, there's a little bit of how he looks at celibacy okay. that I think some people might go, ah, he's wrong. I'm more sympathetic towards it, um, but whatever. Um, but I, I, it's, it's not like he leans on the magisterium. He doesn't lean on even the church fathers necessarily. It's very biblical. And it's, okay. I, I don't see, I have not come across parts where it's like that appeal fundamentally could not be 
held by a Protestant. Mm. At least definitely in the first half, there's not even a shred, I don't think. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. <clears throat> More in question, important question. Mm-hmm. Josh, cover. Out yes. of five. Uh, zero. Really? <laughs> it is so bad. I, we it, have had worse covers on this podcast. <laughs> Caleb, I, I'm gonna. I'm also gonna go with a one. That's zero. Zero is unfair. Zero is unfair. It's, it's so not the bad. worst. Do you know if that is the original? It's not. Okay. This it is an Amazon like reprint. It yeah, Sorry. it has okay. two hands. That on was it. the vibe that I had. This is an Amazon reprint. It's. Yeah, I. It it's it does absolutely nothing. It actually, it hurts me. You can't see Keller. So, so you're my, probably just getting it wrong. <laughs> my thing is, if it's the theology of the body, what's being communicated by just two hands? The main uh, femininity and masculinity, the interplay between the two. Okay, that's where yeah. the, that's where the what he would articulate is the main meaning in artic- in what the human body right and how it plays out in its relationship to the created order in relationship to create to um, one one another and to God is best seen in the theology presented in the Bible in the interplay between the sexes. Mm. It's very rare that you would suggest a book like you've put four point fives and stuff out of out yeah. of five and stuff because you're like they're a good book, but I wouldn't write, uh, suggest it to everyone. If this is a book that's up there with that. I, after this podcast, I'm going to ask you a few more questions, like sure. about if it's controversial, if it says like complementary and egalitarian, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, uh, it would not be read well by progressives. Right. Or by egalitarians. Right. Not that he's out there swinging mm-hmm. punches. He's just like, yeah. and this is a position. And then right. tries to prove it and moves on. So, yeah. yeah. But since we've talked about the book. We're almost done another book. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is it. This is the yeah. end of the first Samuel. We get to talk about what we have read. Yes. Yeah. It's all downhill from here. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> okay. So we're talking about first Samuel chapter 31, the finale of first Samuel and extremely sad. <laughs> but before we do that, can we do the loving, the lovely segment what? Previously on Samuel. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Yeah, yeah, we can. So previously what we talked about was chapter 29 and 30, which we talked about David's wives being captured and then David recovering those wives and defeating the Amalekites. And it's kind of awesome in what happens. So before that, we talked about the Philistines rejecting David from being able to join the fight against Saul. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the rulers, uh, they don't trust him. Did not agree with Akish. We can't trust him. He'll turn on us mid battle. Did they not say that he has killed tens of thousands? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, this this guy can kill whoever he wants. That's in front of him. We can't have him here. So David gets sent away, mm. and when he goes back, he's to the town where he's from, Ziklag. Uh, his wives and all of his men's wives in the town have been taken and burned as mm-hmm. a uh, revenge from the Amalekites for what he did to them a few chapters earlier. Yep. Uh, and then he goes after them. So the town wants to kill David because he failed to protect them. 
He then goes after with his men to go save them. 200 of them stay back to guard the like stuff. They get too tired. Yep, they get too tired. And the rest of them go and defeat, what was it, 3,000 men? I yeah. don't and know. Only, it, only 400 of them escape. Yeah, I don't think it says that how many there were to begin with. Mm-hmm. I think what it is is it's, there's a great multitude and then only 400 escape, yep. which David only with started with 600 minus two is four. So he attacks with four, a great force, and then only 400 escape mm-hmm. his attack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and so they defeat them and they. And they can't walk. I'm sorry. Oh, no, they, they absolutely <laughs> destroy this group and they fight them for what was it? Two days? Yeah, it's uh, all, all of from dusk until uh, the evening of the, the evening next of day. The next day. Yeah. Yes. So they're a whole day. Yeah. Roughly. Battle on and off. There's a few men versus a lot of men. So like they think they can take them. It, it goes on which, for a while. Which does explain why it takes so long. Because think mm-hmm. about it, like a small brand, band of soldiers attacks you. Like, oh, oh, that took me off by surprise. Mm. Oh, we'll regroup and counterattack. Yeah. That didn't go Eventually off. That's we'll fine. Break them. And yeah, David, exactly. like an absolute hero out of a storybook, is, gets all of his wives and all of their stuff back. And all of his men's wives and, and all of their stuff back. <laughs> without losing, without a losing a single person. Yeah. Or item. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. takes all their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> like, and then he, he takes what they took from... Yeah, Israel part when they're raided in there, and mm-hmm. he's like, "Yeah, hey, here's your stuff back." And yeah, yeah. a bunch of mean people want to keep want to keep it from the rest of the people who didn't come with them, but yep. yeah, he gives it to them. And that leads us to the actual battle that he wasn't able to partake in, yep. because maybe probably God's sovereign hand was played so that he could go and save his wives and double providence. Yeah, and Saul could have the end he has. Mm. Which is a sword. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he read ahead. (laughs) Shall I read a section, please? Okay. First Samuel 31, the death of Saul. Hmm. Now the Philistines were fighting against Israel and the men of Israel fled before the Philistines and fell slain in Mount on Mount Gilboa. And the Philistines overtook Saul and his sons and the Philistines struck down Jonathan and Abinadab and Malkishua, the sons of Saul. The better the battle pressed hard against Saul and the archers found him and he was badly wounded by the archers. Then Saul said to his armor bearer, draw your sword and thrust me through with it, lest these uncircumcised come and throw thrust me through and mistreat me by his armor bearer would not for he feared greatly. Therefore, Saul took his own sword and fell upon it. And when his armor bearer saw what Saul had was dead, he also fell upon his sword and died with him. Thus Saul died, and his three sons and his armor-bearer, and all his men on the same day together. And when the men of Israel, who were on the other side of the valley, and those beyond the Jordan, saw that the men of Israel had fled, and that Saul and his sons were dead, they abandoned their cities and fled, and the Philistines came and lived in them. Hmm. So the first thing that I think I notice is, that sucks. But also in the first two <laughs> verses, um, the affirmation of Samuel's prophecy. Mm-hmm. You and all your sons will die this day. Yep. And it just sucks that Jonathan had to die. 
Yeah. Really, and sort of unceremoniously. Yeah. Well, kind of the depiction is, at least this is, this is what's going on in my imagination during it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be a weird one. You know, mm-hmm. in Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the final battle, and they retreat into the rocks? Yep. Right? But then it's just a funnel for arrows? That's how I picture where, you know, Saul and his sons and his armor bearer, and I'm assuming some of his higher-ups, although not Abner. Mm-hmm. And it's just, they're just picked off. And then the other army on the other side just sees them getting slowly picked off. And it kind of depicts as though... Saul remained alive while his sons were just, at least if you're going to go with this, with only the information that we have mm-hmm. as his sons are just picked off with arrows. At least that's, if you're going to go off of just the imagery that we have, mm-hmm. that's kind of, that's where my imagination goes. And so it's just like, Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. And it's, and this is the Jonathan that has defeated the Philistines multiple times mm-hmm. because God was with him. Yeah. And yeah. And this is the and this is the the Jonathan that has that has stood up for his father every step of the way. And then when David was finally when he finally saw how horrible his dad was when he threw a spear at him, yep. he still stuck with him. That's what loyalty gets you. <laughs> Well, whoa, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's what loyalty to someone who, who in the story has the, the point there that's being presented is, is that it's Saul's fault that that happened it because, is Saul's of, fault. Yeah. because of his continual disobedience. When, when you continuously sin like Saul did, what ends up, it, your sin affects the people around you. And Saul's reject, Saul's sin had gone so far that when he was going to lose as king, because he's overseeing all these people, when he loses or is rejected or the consequences of his sin comes, it affects all the people under him, which mm-hmm. includes his army and his sons. And it follows uh, Eli, yeah. the, the issue with Eli from chapter one. Mm-hmm. Well, Sorry, not chapter one. Chapter two and three, I think it is. Yes. Uh, Eli, it's not just Eli who's going to die. His sons will not continue. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something different going on with Eli because it's his sons that are evil and then the death of the father because of the sons. Right. But there's something that's inverted when you have Jonathan, an innocent son, by all accounts, dying by this, because of the sin of the father. I think it, I it, think it enforces the concept that's presented in the earlier chapters of, of the book, where the authority figure, if they go south, those who are underneath him Definitely. and him are punished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, it's, it, it's playing with that biblical idea of, like, headship that gets played later on with Corinthians, mm-hmm. sorry, Chronicles, with kings. Yes. When, mm-hmm. the, ev- when the king is evil, the people suffer, the, the nation goes bad. But also in the, like, like with Adam, when Adam sins, all of humanity is sinful mm. as head of humanity. Um, except Depending the point still is. Archaeology. Yeah. yeah, but the except the point still is, is that Jonathan hadn't done anything. 
as presented to be sinful. He's he no, he's very fair, painted in a very yeah. favor, favorable light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I personally believe that Jonathan didn't deserve the death he got. Uh, however, as we'll see, spoilers in the next few chapters, David does lament over Jonathan and he ends Saul's death too. Yeah. Wait, is David one of the <clears throat> few characters in the Bible that who doesn't have a negative aspect attributed to him? David? No, no. Uh, Jonathan. Jonathan. I was thinking that too. Yeah. Jonathan, yeah. Um, yeah. If maybe the only one would be he's slow to realize his father's evil heart. Yeah, a bit blind. Yeah, to what but, his father's doing. But as soon as he sees it, then he's yeah, yeah. He does and there the is the thing. there is the like he doesn't actually do anything wrong. Like he does, he breaks his father's uh, rash, bad promise <laughs> yeah. out of a uh, out of naivety. Yeah, because he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. So. The no one shall eat, and then he eats honey. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would be one but, negative aspect. But he doesn't know, but like, and God really doesn't hold fault. it against him. Yeah. 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 But the... Yeah. Um, but to the, your... So, yeah, so Samuel, this is, the, this is the outcome of the first and the last prophecy that Samuel has to give, which yeah. is you and your sons will die today. Mm. And, and the fact that it's just like the first prophecy he ever gave. Mm-hmm. Oh, terrible. The first prophecy and the last, which you had to be raised from the dead to give. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so you've got, and, and also it's the Philistines defeating the one who supposedly, there's a, the Holy Spirit is where God resides and the king has the spirit. Yes. Well, you're saying the Holy Spirit and the King is God residing within the King. Well, no, he specifically isn't now. I think the way that if you were going to... Let me see if I can articulate that a little differently. And you can tell me if that's what you're saying. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit is the power of God acted upon in the positions that he sets forth in in Israel, in the Old Testament. Right? Yes. The power of God acted in the priesthood. The power of God acted... Mm -hmm acting throughout the, the prophets. And it's understood as God working through those people. Mm-hmm. And part of the spirit of God upon the kings is active protection. It also wouldn't be too, too much different from him residing in the tabernacle or in the temple. Yes. Uh, in terms of presentation, the well, spirit mm, being present. Well, no, the, uh, well, to, to Caleb's point, the, the place I was going with was the, the Holy Spirit in the Ark, and the Holy Spirit is in the King. I don't know if they would have that articulation. Actually, hang on. Now I'm just getting biblical critical. I don't know. <laughs> well, no, no, no. What I'm just bear with me is how God defends His people. Before He was fighting through the Ark, but it was they misappropriately took it on their in their own hands. They said, "We can't lose if this is with us because God is with us in this fight." Yeah, He is present. Um, with the king, Saul has continuously tried to be king, take that for himself. And in so doing in the same, with the same prophecy, with the same battle with the Philistines dies because he has misappropriately taken on that kingship, that role of defender, even though God has rejected him, even though God has rejected the use of the ark. I don't Mm. think I agree with, I like the connection. 
I think as far as you can go is it's the glory of God is once again left Israel. I yes. don't think you can expand it more to they thought they were manipulating God. It no, was no, he thought God was with him and he wasn't. Yeah, nor I'm not totally convinced of also the the spirit of God being in the 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 king in the same way that they are would articulate the spirit of God being in or with yes, or by or be, on or whatever term it would be whatever because it would be the spirit came upon yes. the king. And so I don't but there's still a relationship with the the spirit and the king being the thing that defends Israel. Shh. The spirit and the king are the things that defends Israel. Well, mm. the spirit through the king uh, is what defends Israel. Because th- that think, was his command. I, th- oh. I think I can agree in, in the extent that ancient Near Easterners would believe that they're, uh, if they won a battle, that means their God is with them. Um, and so for the spirit of God to be in the king, their God is with, uh, with the king wherever they go. And so if they have success... Because of that God. The be- better term would be with. Yes. Not in, not, you can, you can say on, that's a biblical term. Yes. For it. But I think with would be better suited to, to articulate how the spirit of God can leave yep. and um, come upon people by anointing. Right. Yep. Sure. Cause, cause when you use term, a uh, term like in, yes. we often just import new Testament. That's fair. Um, Indwelling of the spirit. Exactly. What I'm right. The okay. point I'm making is that there's a connection between the spirit being on the king and, and that is how God defends his people. Because that was the command to the king. You will you must defend my people from the enemies outside the gates. Mm-hmm. That was Saul's original command. God has now rejected him as king, but he's still playing that role. Yeah. I don't know because if that connection there to the to the and because now God has rejected the, 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 because now the ark, the one who the, the spirit is with is now in enemy territory, like with in the, the other prophecy, hmm. like in the other battle, the ark would then was brought into the Philistine nations. Cause right now David is with the Philistines. It's just, that's not as deliberate. I, yeah. I don't know if I that's the that problem. I the like prophecies it. the same, the defeat is the same to the same people. Is the returning of the glory of God. Oh, wait a second. This ties into me saying that David being in the Philistine territory parallels yeah, the ark true. being gone. Okay, I already agree with Josh. <laughs> we just uh, made the argument from different sides. I guess sides. I'm... I, I don't know. I am less skeptical because, because I don't see it... I don't see it as the explicit part in the text as much. I'd have to research this more. this passage... I, uh, I would say even right. still, even still, like the, I think the pattern is more to do with when you disobey God, when your people, your leaders go south, God's spirit is not with you to fight your battles. I don't know. If, Correct. I don't know if the articulation of that it is more detailed in more specific pieces. I don't know if you can break that articulation to the level that you are. That's all I'm sure. Mm. And you might, you might be right. Yeah. Um, it might just be, I'm not because following Because in the well. next book, the David returns to Israel. Mm. Yes. The same way that the Ark then returns well, to Israel. Not in the same yeah. way, but yeah. Yeah, because right now he's in Philistine territory. But yeah. it's still this idea of the anointed yeah. returns. Yeah, the one, the, the, the thing, I, that which God chooses. Well, I wouldn't call the ark anointed, though. That's a problem. It, it, is, it, is, it is anointed. anointed I, but. I, 
I agree with your first sentiment of like the spirit of God being on his chosen is what gives them, uh, it is like a symbol of them, uh, succeeding to an extent they, uh, Saul succeeds because the spirit of God's on him. It's taken from him, given to David, mm-hmm. whether, whatever. Um, but, uh, David's Israel doesn't have success. Yeah. Um, also the whole, I don't know. I don't like turning our understanding of the spirit of God into mechanistic articulation because he, he is personable, offendable, yeah, right? Of All course. that kind of stuff. Now you could say that, well, Caleb, you're the one who's importing New Testament stuff into the Old Testament. Fair enough. Um, no. I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think be, even behind all the, what you can see is the mm-hmm. certain, let's say, under, mechanistic understanding regarding covenant um, positions uh, ascribed to by God, like prophet mm-hmm. and priest and king. I think our understanding of even in the mechanistic, let's say, foreground, we should understand that there's a personable background. Yep. Yeah, no, and, and the personal end, I would add to that, is God coming into Samuel was the defender of God's people. He fought their battles for them. Um, and so when Israel continuously sins, mm-hmm. the priest is confirmed by Samuel you and your sons will die. This will die. Um, they go into battle. They die. And the glory of God, the, the, the glory of God leaves and the ark, the, the way in which God would go into battle before his men, before his nation, which is not normal, which is not normal, um, is lost because he rejects them. Then, they, then God says to Samuel, to, to, to Saul, he says, the people have rejected me as king over them. You will now be king. You must do what I did. I don't know if the presence of God in the ark should be so closely articulated to the spirit of God with certain leaders. Or let's say offices. Mm-hmm. Um, I only Although f- there is a close association, so I, I mean... Yeah, fair enough. Um, we've talked about this for a long time. Sorry, guys. Mm-hmm. No, it's okay. I, yeah, I, I like it. I'm I'm still on Josh's side a little bit because <laughs> I like the the synergy of of the beginning of the book and the end of the book. Um, having not only similar themes but almost like tying it all together. But doesn't Samuel not end here? It's just we chop it here. Yes. Yeah. And there's still. Which like is older and newer. Which is but yeah, the, they are. There's like in the original editing, it wouldn't be here. No. Mm-hmm. So, although there are things that are wrapped up from the beginning here. Well, I mean, with the with the death of Saul, it's, yeah. it's well, certain things well, have no, to that, get wrapped up. What I would, reason what I would add here, was yeah. in the next, the first few Season chapters one. of. Well, and that's what I would add is in the first few chapters of Second Samuel is David returning and the glory of God returning to Israel. Well, I think the glory of God returning to Israel is the ark coming into. Jerusalem. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think if, you, if you're going to draw when does the glory of God mm-hmm. return via the ark, yeah. it's not with the... We, you get the point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I get that. Yeah. Was there anything more we wanted to say about the first half of chapter 31? How about that the people all the way to past Jordan leaves their cities? Yeah. Yep. And Philistia occupies them all. Yeah. We're talking 
chunks of land. Yep. Um, get lost. It's a lot. Yeah. Well, there's here. What? What is it like? Forty percent of Israel. Well, here. Um, wow. I don't know. I don't know if it's quite that much. Um, This is from Klein. Yeah, Klein. Word biblical commentary. Um, The Philistines occupied their cities so that uh, the end of Saul's kingship, so that at the end of Saul's kingship, the military superiority of the Philistines was about about what it was at the beginning. The Philistines now controlled the plain of Jezreel and the region along the Jordan, although the central country to the south still remained still seems to be in Israelite control. This doesn't appear to be long-lasting, though, in any way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. David's about to take it all back. Yeah. (laughs) I find the way that Saul dies also to be fascinating. Um, So a lot of commentators I've seen, because he he dies from killing himself, um, Mm -hmm. which, as far as I'm aware, is like one of three... One of like three or four times that the Bible mentions that happening. Um, but the reason he doesn't is because his armor bearer refuses, as many commentators have pointed out, although I don't know how accurate of a connection it is. They refuse to raise a sword against the Lord's anointed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird. More than one commentator I read had drawn that connection. So what yeah. do you guys think? Is it because he was he was the Lord's anointed that the armor bearer would not strike him down. It's a pattern of thought, although not explicitly stated in the text. And it's not impossible for him, that armor bearer to have been around the two times when David refused to kill him for that reason. That's true. Yep. Yeah. When had he had every opportunity. That's very true. Very true. That being said, could be a new armor bearer. Yeah, the, the, the name, the, the reason listed in the text is for he feared greatly. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it could simply be more fear, shock, battle, yeah. fatigue. Yeah. But and he just, would know if you returned and said, I put the king out of his misery. Yeah. Would be killed. Well, Doesn't that happen later on? It could. Yes. It could all, yeah. David. Um, so he was right. Season two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think to a certain degree, it's like accepting that you're going to die. Because you're going to kill the king, and then you can't tell anyone you killed the king, so you have to kill yourself after. Mm-hmm. Or either step into enemy fire and die that way, or something, mm-hmm. right? Well, even, even the enemy would be like, wait, you killed your own king? Mm-hmm. You can't be trusted. Yeah. Yeah. Kill him. So I think there's a certain amount of just accepting the ultimate, this is it, if you kill your king. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons probably why when he sees his king kill himself, and he's like, oh, man. Yeah. I think that the um, the argument that he was afraid of how people would perceive him is also pretty strong because he the armor yeah. bearer kills himself too. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not that's because of the honor of his king does it, so he must do it, or if it's he fears how people would perceive him. Either way, I think mm-hmm. I think that that's an argument. Mm-hmm. The the uh, raising of the hand against the Lord's anointed. It's not like it's you couldn't read it there. Mm-hmm. It's just not explicitly said in the text. So. It is interesting that this is the end. Well, we'll get into it a little bit. This is the end of the major character of this story. Mm-hmm. David is also a major character, but I would say Saul is probably the major character mm-hmm. of of First Samuel specifically. Yeah, this is the this is the death of the first king. Yeah, and 
Yeah. Yeah. It's not great. <laughs> yeah. It just, it, we've, we've all talked about this. It just sucks because of how he had it. And then he didn't. <laughs> he just, yeah, but I'm not as sympathetic it, towards him as you guys are. Yeah. So he got what he deserved. No, <laughs> have we, we haven't <laughs> read. <laughs> oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm have sorry. we read to the end of the chapter yet or no? Not yet. No, do you want me to finish? All sinners the do. Yeah. Or Jesus. <laughs> yes. All sinners do deserve their death. <laughs> maybe, okay. Well, wild thing to say. Um, <laughs> maybe read from eight to 10. <laughs> yes. The next day when the Philistines came to strip the slain, they found Saul and his three sons fallen on Mount Gilboa. So they cut off his head and stripped off his armor and sent messengers throughout the land of the Philistines to carry the good news to the house of their idols and to the people. They put his armor in the temple of Ashtaroth and they fastened his body to the wall of Bethshan. But when the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all of the valiant men arose and went all night and took the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons from the walls of Bethshan. And they came to Jabesh and burned them there, and they took their bones and buried them under the tamarisk tree in Jabesh and fasted seven days. Hmm. Yeah. So... Okay, I, so I should have commented on this maybe in the last passage, but mm-hmm. I think it applies to this one as well. Um, Saul comes into his kingship definitely not by his own hand. Mm-hmm. He leaves definitely by his own hand. Right? Yeah. It's, it's to, mm, Josh and I made a note of this. I think it was an episode where it was just you and I. Mm-hmm. Um, the passivity of mm-hmm. Saul coming through his king, mm-hmm. coming through his kingship. Yeah. Um, and now reflecting backwards, now that we've read the whole passage, the whole section on Saul's life, it appears as though the only time that Saul is active is in sin. Yeah. When he's passive is yes. when it's good. His yes. active moments of his life are not good. When he tries to step in, take control, be active, it doesn't go well. The good moments true. in his life is when, things, when he's being just passive and Lord's providence is taking care. And like Joel said, the last moment of his life is him taking it into his own hands. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but the whole thing. Yeah. One of the things I find really interesting about what the Philistines do to Saul, parade him around, take his body, uh, take his head. Mm-hmm. Um, when Chronicles says that they take his head and they put it in the temple of Dagon, um, as well as the armor into the Ashtoreth uh, mm-hmm. temples. Um, when in the ancient Near East, something I saw a lot of commentators talk about is the two uh, to t- kill a king is not just to defeat the leader militarily, but it's also a theological victory over their God. Mm-hmm. Um, that by parading the corpse, you have shown that that God was defeated in battle, at least to the Philistines. Yeah. That's one of the reasons of displaying their body on, on the walls as well. Yes. Yeah. Which, which is more of a Canaanite thing yeah. from, what I, from what I've read. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we've said elsewhere, Philistines, if they are sea people, blah, 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 mm-hmm. then they would all often adopt certain, at, certain sure. characteristics of the local culture where they landed. Yeah. And um, also, there's parallels, sort of, 
to um, what happens to Goliath. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's intentional or not, but or more just a cultural thing of the time. But um, like uh, Saul's armor and stuff is taken into their temple. Um, his head is taken uh, to the temple of Dagon in Chronicles. Here it's not specifically mentioned, but um, he's beheaded. Well, is it mentioned in Chronicles that it's to Dagon? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Um, it's Chronicles 10. First uh, Chronicles 10. And uh, he's beheaded much like uh, Goliath was beheaded, shown around all that, which uh, is an interesting, I don't want to say it's a reversal. I don't know if it's a thematic thing that's supposed to be or more just a thing that happened at the time. What do you guys think? Is it theological, thematic? There's something with Dagon and the hands and the head being cut off in the statues. Um, when mm-hmm. the ark is put right, in. but I think it's more just a cultural. I think so thing, too. Right, as the person who just went on a long discussion about how I think there's parallels between the two stories, I'm going to come to the defense of Caleb on this one. Say <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's just a cultural thing. Nice. <laughs> even if it's not, like, even if it is just a cultural thing, there is a weird poetic justice to him dying in a in the manner. That is enemies that he was told to defeat, defeat their enemies. Right? True. He was told to, to, you know, clean out the Canaanites. Didn't do it. Didn't finish the job. Um, like so many before him. And then he dies a very... Specifically the Amalekites. The Amalekites, mm, yeah, yeah. Where he's kind of his, his nemesis. Um, and he dies a, a distinctly Canaanite death. Do they take his hands? No. Okay. No, I was, was going to say that just there's a, That would be interesting if the note there is that his head and hands are cut off and replace the temple of in the temple of dagon no then the idea would go is then then you should know that it's because the lord rejected him and that it, right it is in the same way that it was the reason that it was god who cut off the hands and the head of dagon yeah. that it was god's rejection of saul that cut off his hands it would yeah. be that he let saul be killed in the way that Dagon, and I don't think it's Dagon actually. I think yeah. it's 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 a it's a different god in their in their pantheon, but killed in the manner in which a god in the Canaanite pantheon kills their foes. In other words, God threw yeah. Saul to the to them. Now that's not really what because his hands aren't cut yeah. off, and it's not really a thing yeah. that's going on there. I don't really know if that really is at play. Mm. Um, also the term Ashtaroth in this probably it's listed a couple times in, in judges and in, in other places in Samuel, um, normally in the context of just like generic Baals, right? Right. Like, like a bunch of trees. (laughs) No, um, just like generic, um, idolatrous worship yeah. of, of a general false gods. sect of it yeah and so it's, it's likely that it's it's a in reference to multitude of of that's a pantheon of some kind yeah one thing i want to talk <clears throat> about that's i find interesting but i want to see how you guys disagree with it um <laughs> nope. is uh i think i'm not sure and this is largely speculation although some authors have talked about it a little bit that i've seen um is that this is sort of the, the author of whoever wrote Samuel is also putting forward the idea that because of uh, 
Saul's head being paraded around. It's the defeat of Saul and also the defeat of the nation of Israel that this is specifically um, trying to show that Israel has, um, Israel has been defeated uh, with the people leaving the different cities and stuff like that. This is the show that Israel itself cannot sustain itself. Um, when Saul dies, a large section of Israel is forced to abandon their homes. Uh, the people, like um, the, the nation that chose their king was defeated by a nation that they're supposed to have victory over and stuff like that. I think that this is supposed to show the defeat of Israel thinking, Israelite thinking. Well, I think it's supposed to defeat to a certain degree. I got the, def- the, I don't know about defeat. I would say abandonment to a certain degree, maybe. Right. I'm just drawing in what Samuel said at uh, Saul's coronation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like you will be, you will be defeated, mm. right? Um, or judged, if we're going to use other terminology from, yeah. other, yep. from other Old Testament what? books. But I think the, the concept is, is that with the destruction of not just Saul, but Saul and his sons, there's a, there's a wiping the slate yep. of the, mm-hmm. of this, of the, uh, excuse me, um, that current uh, grouping of, 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 of the state of Israel at that time, the state yes. of the Jewish tribe of, of the, let's say the, the, the nobility, that's the word I'm yeah. trying to find there. Yeah. To be replaced with the one that God wants. Mm-hmm. It is, it is not Saul's house. Yeah. That is the forever kingship of Israel. We have the stuff with Ishbosheth coming up, but that's different. So, yeah. mm-hmm. well, it's 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 that I think is the the reminder that it's Saul's house is not not completely undone. No, that there is still there. Well, well yeah. he doesn't exist in the vacuum for sure. <laughs> yeah, you also have Saul, uh, Saul's son. Uh, Ishbaal, um, yep. which, um, what's his name? Uh, Abner mm-hmm. plays, but Saul. yeah, yeah, it's a pattern. Turns out, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the house of Saul is a, is a yeah, but the, the people of the age who are trained to, in statecraft mm-hmm. would have been those three sons that are listed in the yep. death with yeah. Saul, which is not a great move to have all of them. In one location in a battle, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is also coming from a man who has not, who's shown that he does not make good decisions. Mm-hmm. So, especially since Saul knows that they're all going to die because Samuel told him so. Yeah. Well, it's almost at that point, does he, is he even trying? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, is he good passive point. in his defeat? Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, he's he after he's so distraught from mm-hmm. the prophecy, yeah. Um, and then there's the the line where he's like, "Okay, let's go." Um, let me get to it. If you got something more to say, please talk. No, that's uh, one of my observation. Here's ASMR Bible flipping here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I will not eat. So he arose from the earth and sat on the bed. Now the woman had fattened the calf. And she put it before Saul. Then he rose and went away that night. No, that's it. Yeah. No, Joyce, is it Joyce Baldwin that does the, the Tyndale commentary? 
she makes a huge point of like, yeah, he's clearly moody. Like he's got, mm-hmm. you know, he is not operating with any level of wisdom. And that's kind of what's being yeah. portrayed there. It's like, he's pulling out all the last stops. He's got the fattened calf. He's like, he's, yeah, he's going out with a bang. A there is bit. no last meals. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I think you can even say that that's why he tries to get the, the, his sword bearer to kill him is because he knows the curse that is brought upon you if you commit suicide in the law. Yeah. Per- perhaps, yeah. That, like, it's even in that last minute, he's trying to get the best of bad accounts. Maybe. Maybe. Or he could just step out and get shot by arrows. Yes. That's fair. So. But unless he says he doesn't want to die to the yeah, unless, that gives to the enemy. A, a sort of... Sp- uh, specific spiritual victory over him. I don't, I, not I don't, more than, not more than suicide. What I think his worry is the reason why, not the arrows, is what happens if the arrows don't kill him and they capture him half alive? Well, that's yeah, what that he says. Seems they might be, do something to him. Yeah. He yeah. says they might mistreat me. Yeah. And, well, I mean, if they're trying to kill you, probably. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Yes. To be fair, I, I did always take mistreat me as to be um, what happens to him anyways, is to parade his body around like it's yeah. a toy. That they've claimed. We see other points in scripture too in the ancient Near Eastern context. When they capture a king. That's true. They kill his he, sons in front of him. They gouge yeah. out his eyes. Or they well, they like cut off horrible. his thumbs and have yeah. him wander around the table. He, in front he of saw a what happens when Samuel <laughs> That's what took a king at, that he yeah. captured. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Man, today's episode is a little fair. morbid. But it's I mean, like, bit. fair enough. It's yeah. some hard topics, to be honest with you. But the... Well, one of the things is worse than what they did with his head and did with his armor as well. Mm-hmm. All upon the walls. Yeah. But his to body is by taken crows. down. Yeah. Yeah. Let's read that. Did we not? We did. Are we reading it again? I don't think. I think we, we just went to read the. No, we, we didn't. I don't think we read it all. We did. We read it? Oh, forgive me. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. You weren't paying attention. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jabesh Gilead. Yes, Jabesh the men. Gilead. Is there a significance to that? I, I yeah. feel like there was a there was somewhere else. It's Jabesh Gilead. Cha- chapter eleven. Yeah. Um, this is the f- when uh, Saul is coronated. He is sent to kill. Uh, I don't remember who. I think it's the Amalekites or the Philistines. It's Nahash. Yeah. So when he fights Satan, Nahash the Ammonite oh, yeah. went to besiege Jabesh Gilead. This is his first. Um, yes. Military he saves victory. these people. It's um, from them when he fights the serpent in the wilderness. Yeah, and and can we go over why it's the serpent? Josh yeah. takes away. That's my favorite segment. <laughs> Hebrew man. Nahash go. is the word for serpent in Hebrew, and so this guy's name is serpent. Snake literally, man. in the same way that the serpent in the garden, Satan, is yeah. the serpent. Nahash. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So call back Saul, the one filled with the holy, the the one who the spirit is upon. Yep. Goes into the wilderness and fights the serpent. Monkey sees pattern. Wait, is that Jesus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Messianic imagery. Yeah. He's that proclaimed is- king. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then he goes into the wilderness. Jesus is baptized. And then he goes into the wilderness and fights the serpent. Anyway. That's yeah. awesome. Um, they, they, the people of Jabesh Gilead, the ones who were saved by Saul in chapter 11, are the ones who do the last mercy for him. The one good act he did, really. <laughs> In, in his life, that was untainted. He did a few others, but they were. It, it's always strongly implied that it was the spirit that was on him that that yes. empowered him to do so. 
And it was in those passive moments that we brought up earlier. That when he just gives himself to God to be used yep. as the Lord's weapon, Lord's defender, that he's good. Yeah. When he does the one act, I think it's the only act that's untainted by talks of sin from him. Yeah. In the book. But I could be wrong. It could also be his, uh, when he steals donkeys or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. I do like the, the, and we're going to go back a little bit here, but the uh, kind of name calling it Israel. That is, Saul was looking for, you know, aimless donkeys and found the nation of Israel, right? Like, it's like they were so wayward and they were put in their place by somebody who was just looking for livestock. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do, you, do you guys think that there's a significance that his bones are buried under the tamarack tree in Jabesh? Because we yes. have nor- traditionally associated high places of s- sacred trees with, let's say, unsanctioned or even, s- or even syncretistic um, worship in Israel. Mm. Yep. And there's also the connection with uh, the patriarchs being buried underneath trees. Mm-hmm. Specifically, that's, that's what I've seen. Yeah. Specifically Abraham, because Abraham is the first of the patriarchs that God chooses. No, but he's buried in a grove. Buried in a grove. Yeah. 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 But normally our, our understanding in Samuel yeah. of sacred trees, high places, those are normally very closely linked. If yes. not sacred trees on high places mm-hmm. is where you'd find them. Yep. Um, that they're negative. Well, in Judges, um, you also see uh, Deborah at a... Tamar's I, I guess what I'm asking is, do you think that there's a negative note on where Saul is buried? His bones are buried. I don't think so. Okay. The one commentator I read, I can't remember his name. I think it's Elfsheim or something. Elfsheim or something like that. Some German Some guy. Austrian dude. Mm. Um, <laughs> but uh, he, he puts, I can't remember the name of the book either, but um, I was reading on it and... Uh, he puts it in an interesting way that his Saul's body was too dishonored to be buried the way it was. So they burned it, but not enough for it to be completely gone. Um, and so burying the bones was the best they could do because burial is how they, mm-hmm. they put yep. people away uh, in Israel. And put people away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, if you, and if you destroy the bones in the culture of the time, it was to remove, it was to annihilate their soul. Yeah. Yeah. And so they... Yeah, so they, they they destroy his body enough so that they don't yeah. completely annihilate it. Yeah, nor is his dishonor yeah. continued yeah. to be shown. Mainly the fact that, you know, he doesn't have a head. Yes. Yeah, which wouldn't have been buried, but... Also, matter. you probably noticed that from the lack of the bones, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, it's not even funny. <laughs> nope. Um, Sorry, guys. It's okay, it's okay. But uh, in terms of... Uh, whether or not that's a dishonor to be buried under a tree because of the syncretism or... Yeah, that's, uh, that's what I'm asking. I don't know. Uh, the, I said, yeah, I guess the Bible, the book itself doesn't seem to put any, from what I could see, obvious weight on that being a negative. No. It well, seems to be a fairly positive ending well, and for it's, a horrible thing that happened. It seems a little bit like how much are you going to read backwards into mm. the... Ooh, I might get in hot water here. 
the <laughs> way Yahwehism was done pre-temple mm-hmm. versus post-temple and the articulation of, you know, um, legitimate places of worship and all that kind of stuff. Right. How, 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 yeah, how are you going to read that development and how are you going to read the, let's say, the ethical constraints, not the ethical, like the, the religious, the right worship constraints going backwards in the earlier stages of the development as well? Right. Like, are those higher places legitimate forms because they don't have a temple right now? Are they? Hmm. Maybe. Deborah, mm-hmm. probably for Deborah, it seems that yeah, way. She sits underneath the palm between Rama and Bethel. Yeah. yeah. And how but, many of those are just places? Yeah. How many but, of them are actually sacred places? Yeah. I mean, I think the Tamarish Creek would, would be a sacred place. To I agree. Same. But later on, they moved the, the body and bones of Saul. Mm-hmm. Like in Second Samuel 20-something. Mm-hmm. Um, so why do they move it if the place is sacred? Unless they're like, ah, this is not a good place. Unless now there's a place that's more sacred, yeah. which they move it to a family tomb, so yeah. that's probably why. I don't know. Um, the, yeah, because if you go with the rest of the Old Testament, the, the, the places of tr- where the trees are, where Abraham meets at the tree of Moreh or Meribah, he's buried in a grove, were all places of blessing. There were all hills where God blessed Abraham. And then when he's buried there and his sons are buried there, it's like, it's a reminder of hope in Eden. Um, mm. But I think with Samuel, that's changed to with judges and the other books as a reference to like these high places being religiously significant. But yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's the end of First Samuel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's sorry. Sorry. Continue. Carry on. No, no, no. There is an interesting because um, we mentioned Chronicles a little bit ago, uh, chapter ten being the one that talks about Saul. Saul is only talked about for one chapter in all of Chronicles, mm-hmm. uh, and that's chapter ten. He's also his line in chapter nine, the genealogy part, the, the boring part of Chronicles, but um, the. Uh, one of the things that one author I saw noted is that there are three times where the reason why uh, it says at the bottom of chapter 10, the reason why he died was because of his unfaithfulness. It's the Hebrew word being ma'al. And mm. in all of Chronicles, that is only used three times. To- that word's only used three times. One of which I think is in the genealogies. I could be wrong. One's with Saul and one's at the exile at the end of, of uh, second Chronicles. Um, Saul, at being the, uh, fittingly the end of this book, it, uh, starts the story of that book as a thematic capstone or a cap point, um, mm-hmm. book end, I should say. And uh, whereas unfaithfulness to God is why he dies. And then the exile is because of their unfaithfulness to God. He serves in that as the, his legacy to some extent um, is his unfaithfulness. Uh, as a thematic bookend. That's I mean, <laughs> you see that throughout Kings is the, and they followed in the ways of Jeroboam, blah, blah, yes. blah, blah, you know? And so yeah. it, there'll be phrases that are like, yeah. hey, this is what happened. I don't need to retell you it because it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And fair enough. I like it. Mm. Yeah. 
and then it's and then sadly david in the alternate is seen as the the good king prototypical good king the prototypical good king and the one who ah. like like he in is. the messianic sense at least okay because uh josiah is referred to as being like david sure they followed the ways of his father david yeah i would just wouldn't toss around the word prototypical yes i would say the the king that god chose sure there because then it's the best example. I, yeah, I think thematically in Chronicles and maybe Kings, um, it is used that way, especially Chronicles. Yeah, because then if you want to make that that connection, if Saul is the symbol of unfaithfulness that leads to exile, That's, God leaving or bringing the enemies in to judge. Just remember, Jesus is the prototypical good king. <laughs> well, yes, but the David then is the one that comes after that brings it back better yep. in the same way that Israel falls faithful. away. And then Jesus comes back. Jesus comes Boom. back. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So now that we've gone through first Samuel, it's wild. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy that we can actually say as second saints, we've gone through <laughs> such a large book yeah. as first, as first yeah. Samuel. Um, what are some of you guys' highlights? Highlights? Oh, there's a whole bunch. Like how you guys love Saul. He's your favorite. No. Hmm. I'm you weren't really kidding. listening, were you? No. <laughs> I like the part where uh, Jonathan's like, uh, you shouldn't kill David. And he goes, I didn't like your mother. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was wild. Uh, Jonathan's a real one for that one. Uh, yeah. I still like the Arc side quest. Arc side, I preached on that, you know, yeah. since that, uh, since we went through that one, used a bunch of the background on it. Mm-hmm. It was good. Um, I love Endor. Yeah. I was going to say the, uh, arc side quest and the witch of Endor. Yep. Yeah. Best part. Fuck wild. Mm-hmm. The Goliath's pretty up there too. Oh, that's right. How could I forget? Goliath was a good the coronation of Saul. There's so many. Yeah. The, what I like is the repeated emphasis that. What makes what makes you a good king is that God is working through you. Mm. Mm. That that throughout that book, the, the comparison between e, Samuel and Eli, Samuel's sons and Eli's sons, Saul and David, all that stuff mm-hmm. is all the. It's everyone is sinning, but it's who God chooses and then those who respond to Him. There's also even David's active choices, he so often references like, bring the ephod. Yeah. You know, let me inquire of God. Let me pray about this. I mean, whereas you don't see that with, with Saul. He only does what God tells him to do. Yeah. So even his, a- yeah, quote unquote. Quote unquote. Um, but his active, like when he's passive, um, some, it often works out much like Saul. Yeah. But when he's, many of his active things. Yep. He, he messes up. He inquires of God, though, and it goes well. Or oh. he goes active, like he's going to go destroy, what's his face? Um, what's his name? Uh, Nabal. Yeah. Mm. And then God steps in through Abigail and goes, hey, hold on. Maybe don't do that. And he's like, oh, man, you stopped me from sinning. That's <clears throat> probably good. <laughs> Want to get married? Where, where when <laughs> Saul his name's is active, idiot, dude. Where when Saul is active and God sends him a warning like Samuel, it's yeah. like, what have you done? Why are you doing this? Don't do this. He's like, ah, doing it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm going through with it. Yeah. Yeah. 
But uh, those are some of our highlights. Tell oh. us what are your highlights in the comments. There's one more. There's one more. Uh-oh. Yeah. It's when he brings back all the spoils from war. And he goes, no, I, I killed them all. And then Samuel says, well, then what are all these animals? <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good. That one is pretty good. Yeah, um, it's pretty solid. As then what is this bleeding in my ears I hear? <laughs> yeah. Like Caleb, so like Caleb said, please let us know what your favorite part of Samuel was. Uh, if it's listening to sheep bleat for some reason. But um, <laughs> apparently that's Joel's. Um, you know, kind of a bleeding heart. <laughs> but I just <laughs> words, man. <laughs> I, I, as we've mentioned already a little bit, but also uh, needs bears repeating. This is not technically the end of Samuel, the the document that was First and Second Samuel together for sure. This is, however, where they decided to cut off the book to into two, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Scroll um, length is a big one. Scroll length yeah. being a big one. <laughs> <laughs> and the the fitting end of the first king of Israel that opens up into the new chapter of uh, David trying to be king and it going very crazily. Yeah, it's difficult. It is. I'm looking forward to when we do continue on our Samuel series. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to jump into it right away. Nope. Um, if you really want that to happen, let us know in the comments and maybe we'll see. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, Ooh, do we want to put it up to a poll? No. We're going to do it. Oh, okay. We're going to do it backwards, actually. We're going to do Second Samuel backwards from the last chapter. Mm, that would be interesting. Oh, no, I'm going to have to learn English like backwards. <laughs> it's written in Hebrew, Caleb. <laughs> We're reading it backwards because Hebrew's uh, right to left. <laughs> Anyways. Sheesh. So, Saul, tragic character, yay or nay? No. Yay. I think he's tragic, but tragic. I, I think he's tragic for his own corrupt nature he's not tragic because of uh his life circumstance i think i go with what chronicle says he died because he was unfaithful and that's mm-hmm. his fault but yeah yeah but that's For like sure. tragedy that's not no i know yeah that's I, I don't see him as much of a tragic figure as you do okay interesting mm-hmm. yeah no there's no love lost just to, just to be the contrarian uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's my job yeah, no, it's a it's a good reminder that like, yeah, I could, I every time that I sin, or every time that I feel like I'm about to sin, I feel those same fears and like, the the pathetic failure to do what's right that mm. Saul expe- mm. displays, mm. and it's just the it's just the reminder that it's just like if I didn't have God in my life, act, and and I and I didn't respond in the way I did do to him that I try to, I do, we all fail, mm-hmm. but it's a good reminder that it's, that's where it goes. Mm-hmm. If you keep, if you keep going down that path. Whereas Dave, David is the, the other way. Yeah. Still yeah. bad stuff happens, but God is with you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Who plays uh, Saul in the Amazon original? I think it's that that white haired guy from Band of Brothers. What? Yeah. What's his name? Buck. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking? thinking he's he's in the movie uh, The Shift that just got released. I was, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He I was plays, actually thinking he plays of, Satan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was actually thinking of oh, Michael shoot. Fassbender would be a good because he plays bad mm-hmm. guys. 
pretty well. Well, but in the like, just give him a Magneto storyline. <laughs> yeah, dude. He's also in Band of Brothers. But anyway, yes. continue. I, I was going Idris Elba, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, so what the do you, who do you think the Queen, no of, Queen of Sheba was? Then? I don't want to get into this. <laughs> Anyways, what? continue. Never mind. Maybe. We'll talk about it after. Um, let's see who else. Who's David? Who's our Who's our lead man? I mean, if it's if it's released tomorrow, it's Michael Fassbender and then Tom Nicholas Holland. Cage. Oh, mm. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. And then Sam, young Samuels, played by that Duncan kid from Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty good. Yep. What else we got? Who's Can't. older Samuel? Who's, who's middle-aged Samuel for when older he's Samuel? Be, uh, Danny DeVito? No, it's going to be Mike what? from... That's awesome. It's got to be Mike from Breaking Bad. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good, actually. <laughs> that is good. <laughs> I can't remember his actual name. Yeah. I'm honestly not that much of like a, a film person, but I just, I like the idea of what if you had The Chosen, but it's Saul's story instead. I mean, I would prefer if it awesome. was like an HBO yeah, like well, they'd yeah. probably do it better. Yeah, Game of Thrones type deal. Rings of Power, the Bible. <laughs> oh, no, no. HBO, you do the King series, the Three Kings. Mm-hmm. Saul, David, and Solomon. Goliath is just like the Rock or something, right? You just get just the mountain. Shack. No, just- you just get the mountain from Game of Thrones to play him. Oh yeah, yeah, because he's already a giant in that world. Mm. Yeah, because he's a giant in this world. <laughs> no, yeah. he's seven foot two. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a nephilim. <laughs> No, 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 no. Could be, though. I'm with you, Kelton. Kelton. That's cool. He is big. Andre the Giant. So. <laughs> Andre the Giant. <laughs> We're going to have to get the Witch of Andor to bring him back first yeah. so he can play the role. <laughs> he can play. No, yeah. Pretty good. Anyway. <laughs> There's some tech. Goliath as himself. <laughs> Anyway, uh, next year, we are going to start our Amazon original series. <laughs> so don't miss that. Caleb will be playing David. Why <laughs> Caleb David? Colton will be playing Jonathan. No, thank you. Yeah. You will go down in history as very good friends. <laughs> Does that make Kim? Which one of us is Abner? I'm sorry, Josh. Uh, my dad's name's not Ner. <laughs> Ner- oh, Abner, can I be Abner? You be Ner? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Solomon? Is it Solomon? Uh, Saul? We're, we're going to play, we're going to do a video, oh uh, a movie of first Samuel, but we're going to just remove Saul. <laughs> we play all the roles like some kind of weird Monty Python second rate saints. It's like the uh, Life of Brian, but for Saul, yeah. we're playing all the people around the events. Mm. Uh, <laughs> we're calling it Better Call Saul. <laughs> Not even changing the name, we're just ripping it right <laughs> off. Freaking Mike Ermintrout. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Mike Ermintrout. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Joel, Joel doesn't want Joel. to end the podcast. I know, I'm not going to. You wanted to do a whole <laughs> episode. <laughs> fitting in you to wanted to do a whole episode of the casting fun. of, a, <laughs> of Bert Samuel. Who's, who's, who's Brian Cranston going to play? We don't know. He's Brian in everything Cranston. now. Ooh. Brian Cranston can play Abner. He can play so. one of the other sons of... Yeah. No, he plays one of the Philistine The guy kings. who played... Um, Why are we making it a bunch of white anyway. dudes anyways? It's <laughs> kind of wild. The guy who played... Um, How many times do you think Colton and I can say anyway? The anyway. The, anyway. You guys are really trying to end the podcast. Josh and I um, are having a great conversation. The guy who played Riddler could play Doeg. 
so Jim Carrey? Like, Jim Carrey? No, in the new Batman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in the new Batman. Oh. Uh, Batman and Robin's a great movie. What are you talking about? <laughs> Stop doing this to me. A- anyway, um, <laughs> right? I think I think we've been talking about the death of a man for too long, <laughs> and we need something positive. But I think uh, it's a been, fitting end to the first book of Samuel. I mean, we've been talking about the death of Jesus for two thousand years. Yeah, but that one's a little happier because yeah, he came back, dude. You're right. It was a big deal. You're right. You're right. Spoilers. You were going through the Bible as written. <laughs> No spoilers. Yeah. Um, okay, so Joel, normally we end the podcast in a certain way. How do we do that? <clears throat> well, usually we spiral into a completely unintelligible <laughs> conversation. <laughs> See how we have it done. <laughs> What's the next step? No, I'm still there. <clears throat> oh, man, I'm coughing myself up. Okay. Um, welcome to the Second Rate Saints podcast. <laughs> no, goodbye to the Second Rate Saints podcast. Thank you for listening this far. If you would like to check out what we're doing... Uh, check us out at secondratesaints.com. Um, if you'd like to donate to uh, whatever this is, go to... Uh, <laughs> <coughs> um, then, if you would like to donate to the future of Second Rate Saints, please go to buymeacoffee.com slash secondratesaints or click the link in our website. Um, if you'd like to keep updated on our new projects and ideas that we have coming up, um, check out our Instagram and our Twitter. Yeah. Thanks for enduring and listening. Um, Joel, I love you. We'd love to hear from you. Send us your questions. It makes my day. Yeah. Every time yeah. it happens. Like, why does Joel still get allowed to send us in every, the podcast? Send us every theological question you have. We will discuss it. Now that, that we've... Mm, except this, that one. Just end it. It's all over. Please. <laughs> <laughs>